Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? This is the week of September 24th. This is The Dime. Uh, Before we get started, today's podcast is sponsored by the number one IP attorneys here in cannabis, Gleam Law. So if you've got questions about patents and you're not sure, stop asking Kellen and I and ask Gleam Law. That is Gleam, G-L-E-A-M-L-A-W.com. Now on to the fun stuff. Cannabis Myth Busters. Everyone who is familiar with cannabis has heard the standard warnings from those less familiar with the plant. It's a gateway drug. It kills brain cells and cannabis isn't the same as it was in the 60s. The gateway theory took hold in the 60s when cannabis became the leading new recreational drug. And as we've seen, there's evidence that cannabis may be a substitute for alcohol and other hard drugs. Kellen, what common myths have you heard about in cannabis? And are there truths behind those myths? Um, there's a couple myths that I think that kind of jump out at me immediately. The first one is cannabis is a gateway drug for sure. I think that's kind of person to person, right? I'm not a medical expert by any means or have any serious empirical evidence to stand on with that myth. But, you know, there's definitely people that started smoking cannabis at an early age and that kind of led them to hang out with individuals that had cannabis and sold cannabis. And then turns out that those individuals also had other substances to sell and that could have spiraled out of control. Um, But I know a lot of friends of mine that tried cannabis, consumed cannabis in high school and college, and then never touched any other substance again. Right. So I don't know if that could, you could like stereotype everyone that everyone does cannabis then goes on to do other um, intoxicants. The other myth is that cannabis makes you hungry, which I would say is definitely not a myth. Right. Like (laughs) I think that there's probably some scientific evidence to, to back that one up. And I mean, just personal anecdotal evidence. Like every time I smoke cannabis, like, or consume it, like definitely get hungry. Like that is totally a thing. I'm can definitely probably compete in the, um, an eating contest for sure. (laughs) But I mean, those are kind of the two main myths that jump out at me. I mean, is there a different myth that I left out for you, Brian, or did I kind of cover all of them? The food one was spot on. Um, That one to me really, really hits home and um, it's factual based for me as well. I and can confirm with hard evidence throughout my lifetime that the more smoking that I can, the more cannabis I consume, the hungrier I get. And a quick story is one time in college, I was consuming cannabis and ordered delivery. And before the food got there, we continued smoking and decided I'm probably not going to be good with just one sandwich and called back the guy and ordered a second sandwich. So the delivery guy dropped off a sandwich and then came back for a second one, not even 20 minutes later. And it was accurate. I was starving. Um, so at the end of the day, cannabis does make you hungry. So be careful out there, kids. 
the last myth that I wanted to discuss was that commercial. And I don't know how far back it was where people would smoke and then they'd kind of like flatten up and then sink back into the couch. And I think that's a bad myth for the standpoint. It's like sometimes when I had a tough day, that's exactly what I wanted to feel like. I wanted to, to, to slide up into this like really thin stick figure and fall into the couch. So I would think from a myth standpoint, you would want to use like more negative connotation. And to me, that was attractive because that's exactly what I wanted to accomplish. And thought that was like, okay, well, bad day. That's where I want to hide. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, there is, I mean, I just compare it to alcohol, right? Like people get off of a hard day work and they go consume some alcohol to sit down and relax. And it helps a lot of people relax, but a lot of people abuse alcohol. And I don't think that there's that same situation with cannabis, right? Like people, life's hard, right? Like <laughs> being an adult is tough. <laughs> and so like, it's, it's, um, we're lucky that we have these kind of things to kind of as an outlet after these long, hard, long, hard days. And if, your choice is some cannabis because alcohol for whatever reason just isn't your cup of tea, then, I mean, I don't see any problem with that. You know what I mean? And I think that the media and all those things have kind of blown a lot of that stuff out of proportion during their like, say, just say no campaigns and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's take another step forward on this from like the cannabis myth side. Let's, let's discuss how uh, the older generation particularly would be like, well, this isn't like, this isn't the type of like cannabis that I used to consume. You know, back in my day, I used to be able to smoke like an entire bowl set. Now I take one rip of this stuff. This little kid got me and I got to be on my ass. And, you know, there's a bunch of science evidence on why that is. But maybe, Kellen, you can shed some light. Specifically, are these quote unquote boomers right with their standpoint that it's not the same type of cannabis and what really specifically has changed? They are, right? Because if you think about the cannabis that was grown... 30, 40 years ago, A, it was done illegally, right? So then the individuals cultivating it didn't have the proper tools and resources of industrial ag and kind of the scientific community helping push innovation forward within their their crops, right? And so um, cannabis from 30, 40 years ago was probably had eight, six to 8% cannabinoids in it with much lower terpene concentrations and it was just kind of growing out in the field and they're like well it's a weed so it grows so this is easy right just water it and move on now it's like you walk through an indoor cultivation where the cannabis is being cultivated in a non-soil medium and it's watered every five seconds and it's provided the exact nutrient content it needs to facilitate the secondary metabolites to generate these cannabinoids and these terpenes and they understand the, the metabolic pathways and they understand exactly what nutrients and vitamins and all these different chemicals that are required for the plant to boost those cannabinoid content, right? Because at the end of the day, since cannabis has, be, has been commercialized, potency is king, right? So if Joe grows a crop and John grows a crop and Joe's crop is 25%, THC and John's crops, 20% THC. Joe is going to make significantly more money because he's in a different price bracket because it has more THC. So by commercializing cannabis, it's literally turned into an industry that is commoditized the THC molecule period. Right? So if it has more THC, you get more for it. So technically they're literally selling just the THC and the cannabis itself is just a vessel containing it. <laughs> Yeah, right. very well, very well said. And, you know, back in the older days, like you said, they used to just grow it and grow it. And now they really commercialize the aspect and the, the understanding of the components that influence specific 
outcomes is being magnified so that the cannabis is being bred specifically to elicit certain feelings uh, in the body and to really push those boundaries. So really well said, and they're right. Like it's not the same, it's not the same cannabis they used to smoke at Woodstock back in the day. <laughs> that might've had a little dust on it though. Kellen, prediction time. What myths do you think will come about cannabis in the future as it becomes federally recognized? That's a really good question. Um, future myths. Probably that, I don't know, hold on. <laughs> Let me think about that one. Um, you want me to go first? I don't first? have anything off the top of my head. What about you, Brian? What, you got something? I'm glad I stumped you first off. Um, for me, <laughs> I think as it becomes more studied and more understood, people will immediately lean on marketers kind of positioning of this cannabis will make me feel sleepy. This cannabis will make me feel tired. And I, and I think that it won't elicit that feeling with everyone based on their receptors and how their body processes it. And I think that sort of misnomer will never really, I think for maybe for most it can work. And then there's like the, the placebo effect that can kind of take effect. But I think that'll always be a big discrepancy amongst individuals is that this tells me it'll make me feel like this. And specifically with CBD, we've got a ton way to go because when people try CBD products, they always just describe it to me as I don't feel this. And, and I think that's part of the whole problem and educational experience that will come over time. But I think that'll be a very widespread myth in the foreseeable future as, as it becomes more widely recognized. Yeah. And I think that, that, I mean, that's a really good point because at the end of the day, like I was part of a company LeafWorks out in Washington that literally built their entire brand on how it makes you feel. Right. So like instead of the standard sativa indica hybrid model, right. It's like hanging like sleepy time, active time, or just like mellow time. You know what I mean? And like a lot of different big companies have taken that same exact stance on the traditional sativa indica hybrid personally <laughs> when i consume a sativa product i'm not like super awake and <laughs> like, like i don't personally i don't see a massive difference in how i feel from consuming a sativa indica hybrid some people do and i don't know if that's placebo and they're starting to see some evidence from like the entourage effect and these other things. But I think that that myth will continue to be very prevalent, Ryan. So I think that's a really good point. So uh, one kind of specific on me on that is I used to only smoke flour. And the problem that I, I, I stopped smoking flour is because it, it put me to sleep. And I've had so many different growers and specialists tell me, well, you didn't try this and this. And it's like, I'm ready for the science studies. If you guys want me to sit down and see whether or not it makes me sleep or not, I would love to move back to flower, but I don't want to rip a bowl at 2 PM to relax and be asleep at 2:15 because I can't keep my eyes open. Like that's one where like, I think there needs to be more studies and I would be happy to kind of learn more about that and to give myself to science. <laughs> I'm glad you're willing to make that sacrifice. Whatever it takes to help the industry move <laughs> forward for science. Cool. Thanks everyone. And check out gleamlaw.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member 
on PodCon X. So come on over and check out the Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at the Talking Hedge. You can find me at the Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.